Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Strange Matters podcast. Here at Strange Matters, we discuss everything that is mysterious, bizarre, and unexplained. I am Sean, and I will be the host for this episode. In this episode, we will once again be presenting a number of creepy, mysterious, and unexplained personal stories that have been sent into the show by our listeners. I'm sure many of you listening to our show have had some experience in your life that was frightening and memorable, perhaps something dangerous or something that you can't think of a good reason or explanation behind. As lovers of all things strange and unusual, Eric and I always enjoy reading these types of spooky personal stories that our listeners have sent in. And so in this episode, I will be featuring a select few stories that our listeners have written into the show to share. As always, if any of you listeners have your own creepy story or tale to tell us that you would like us to share in a future episode, please feel free to write to us at our email, strangematterspodcast at gmail.com. Before we begin, a reminder that Strange Matters Podcast is made possible by our generous supporters over at Patreon. On Patreon, you can pledge a small monthly donation to keep the show going and to help us continually improve. And as an incentive, you can gain access to monthly exclusive bonus episodes. If anyone is interested in supporting the podcast, please visit our page at patreon.com slash strangematters. And now on to the stories. Our first listener's story was sent in to us by Alex, and it goes, Hi guys, my name is Alex. I saw your tweet regarding the man in the hat, and it reminded me of something that happened to me. I didn't see the man in the hat. To be perfectly honest, I'm not sure what I saw. I do know that I still get chills and a sense of terror at the very thought of it. In my life, I've been in multiple car crashes I shouldn't have walked away from. I've been shot at and held at gunpoint multiple times, chased by vicious animals, and this is without a doubt the scariest thing that I've ever encountered. Here's a little backstory. My friend, we'll call him S, has lived in the same house for his entire life. When we were kids, there was a man who lived by himself across the street in a two-story house. He had family that lived in a different state and had no friends or significant other. By all accounts, he just went to work and came home and kept to himself. One day, though, he apparently fell down the stairs, broke his neck, and died. A neighbor had called the police for a welfare check on the man as no one had seen him leave the house in that time, and the police found him. He had decomposed to the point that my friend S was outside of his house watching the police, and they asked him what race the dead man was. The reason the cops had asked this was because of how decomposed the body was at the time of the discovery, that they couldn't even tell what race the corpse was. The man's family inherited the house, but hadn't sold it. They hired a cleaning crew to go in every now and then, but it was left completely unoccupied. Fast forward nine years. My friend S and I were at his house with another friend, and left to meet up with the rest of our group for dinner and a movie that night. Afterward, we used our separate cars to give people's ride home, and the plan was to meet at his house afterward. I finished dropping people off and arrived at his house and realized he wasn't there yet. I sat in the driveway on the tailgate of his mom's pickup truck and smoked a cigarette. I looked at the house across the street. In the front window, the shades were drawn as they always were, but there was a pale white face of a man staring at me. I instantly looked down feeling spooked. I told myself just to finish my cigarette and wait for S to get back. I sat there and in my peripheral vision I could see that there was something moving. Against all reason, I looked up and saw a dark figure that stood close to seven feet tall in what appeared to be black robes taking long strides across the front lawn. Without stopping, it turned its head and in the hood of that robe 
I saw the blackest black I've ever seen. I felt the deepest feeling of terror I've ever felt in my entire life. The figure stopped and just stared at me. The hot summer night turned ice cold. I didn't know what to do. I sat frozen for what felt like an eternity before my brain kicked in and I ran. I ran faster and harder than I've ever run before. I made it around the block and down the street, fumbled out my phone and called S, who was on the way back with our friend, and told him that I wouldn't step foot on that street until he showed up. I couldn't form the words to tell him what I saw, but just to hurry. Once he got back, he and his mom sat down and I told him what I saw. They both sat still for a time when his mom told us that earlier that same evening she was doing the dishes and looked out the window, and she saw a face looking at her from the outside. She assumed it was one of us playing a prank. She said that by the description I gave of the face in the window, it sounded like the man who had died in that house. As for the dark figure in that yard, she had no clue. Like I said before, I have no idea what I saw. I have no idea what it was doing there or what it wanted. I get chills when I think about it. I've only told a couple of people what I saw because of how weird it all sounds. Hopefully I'm not just insane and I'm not the only one who has seen something like this. Thanks for the story, Alex. From what you have said, I don't blame you one bit for running from what you saw. I'm pretty sure anyone, definitely including me, would have bolted in that same situation. The fact that Alex mentioned this experience was more frightening than being held at gunpoint shows just how terrifying it can be to see something unexplained and mysterious in the dark of night. Our next listener story was sent in to us from Sarah, who says, To my favorite podcast, Strange Matters, may I add I am just a nerd from Dallas, Texas that loves your show. Here is my Slenderman encounter story. My name is Sarah. I have two creepy encounters with what I could only describe as Slenderman encounters. My first encounter happened when I was about 10 years old. Way before any of the Slenderman stories came out, I'm in my mid-30s now, my mother was very sick when I was young, and after a while I began to sleep in her room with her to help her at night. We slept in the master bedroom located in the very back of our home. We often left the back bedroom window open to let the breeze in at night, as we would fall asleep listening to old-timey radio shows. These were wonderful memories for me until one night. We lived right behind a large man-made creek. That was fun to play in during the day, but scary as hell at night. Nothing lay behind us, but more creeks, and in the distance, another development of homes. As we lay half asleep, we began to hear a voice of a child, a little girl to be exact, whispering at first for us to let her in, saying someone was following her. I know you're thinking Black Hot Kids, right? Truth be told, we never saw her face. Again, this was all the late 80s, nothing like that had ever been mentioned before. Her pleas became more persistent and louder, begging for us to let her in. My mother and I soon realized it was coming from the window and not the radio. My mother yells to the girl to run to the front of the house and that she would call the police for her. My mom then tells me to run to turn on the light and yells for my dad to head to the door. I ran with my dad to the side of the house that had an entrance that led to the backyard. We were sure we would find her stuck there since the door was locked and too high to climb over and to get to the front door, but there was no girl. So we run to the front door of the house, open the door, no girl. From the back of the house we hear my mother scream, so we run towards her thinking the girl, or the thing following her, is now trying to get through the window. As we reach her, we find her slowly rocking back and forth on the bed praying and pointing out the window, to the creek, 
Mind you, the creek lay below our homes, a good 10 to 15 feet down. Standing in the distance in the creek, at eye level with us, we saw two dark red-bright eyes that shone bright in the dark because of their glow. We could easily make out a head and shoulders. My father quickly slammed the window shut and brought us all to the living room to sleep that night. They prayed all night long, I remember. What that thing was, I'll never know, but it was huge, thin, and slender. Fast forward to a few years later to my second encounter. My husband, child, and I moved into a new home near White Rock Lake in Dallas, Texas. We live in a little community of cul-de-sacs, surrounded on one side by a large, yes, you got it right, a creek. We are night owls, and I prefer to grocery shop or watch midnight movies mostly, because after my parents passed, I developed severe anxiety. On one of these said nights, we were heading home from driving around the lake, which is also pretty haunted. We take midnight drives looking for the lady in white. That night, the air was different, thicker than normal, but of course, no lady in white. As we turned to pull into our garage, the child was asleep in the back seat. The garage door stalled and sputtered. Our garage is in the alleyway directly connected to the creek. In front of the creek, there used to be a huge tree that was split in two at the trunk. We often joke that the tree looked like two huge dead arms reaching from the grave. Very visible even in the dark, because there was a light post nearby that lit up the back area all the time. As we were stalled, I looked towards the tree and realized after a minute that something was very wrong. It was very dark, and I could not see the tree at all. As I gazed upwards, I began to notice long pointed fingers that led up to long, thin black arms, thin shoulders, and a large oblong head. Blacker than the night, taller than the huge tree ever was, completely shrouded the tree in darkness. I froze and couldn't catch my breath. I finally grabbed my husband by the arm to hurry into the house. The body seemed to be moving towards us. My husband says he saw nothing, but because of the fear I displayed, the following night he decides that to ease my mind, he is going to drive us to the very back part of the alley to see if there was any evidential information to explain what I saw. He didn't believe me of course, but as we were driving along the alleyway and creekside, we noticed that the pavement by the tree seemed to be burnt or black around the tree as if it had been on fire, but the tree itself was fine. As we continued driving and talking about what we saw, something huge crashed into the side of our car on the driver's side, coming from the creek. We stopped the car and got out, thinking we had hit a dog or something, but there was nothing there. We walked around the car to inspect the damage, because the crash was so hard that the car shook with us in it, like it was about to flip over. There was not one scratch. Needless to say, he believes me now. We hightailed at home. I don't think we drove out late at night for a while after that. Consequently, my son experienced none of this. But for weeks afterward, he'd wake up early in the morning, around 2 or 3 a.m. He would say that a large, dark man was tapping at his window for him to open it up. Thank you for all you do and for letting me share. Well, thank you, Sarah, for sharing your story. Both experiences sound very spooky and disturbing. As far as personal stories go, hearing about people running into dark figures and what looks like the Slender Man at night never fails to send shivers down my spine. With just how many people think that they see something like this during their lives at some point, you would think that there has to be something there in the dark. Speaking of such nightly figures, we have another story of someone who also experienced something like this. This listener, however, wished to remain anonymous. Their story goes like this. 
First off, I prefer if you don't use my name, because this story makes me feel crazy, and my name isn't that common in my area. I haven't told this to anyone, but a very few people. When I was younger, like a freshman in high school, I fell and landed on my head and neck area from a height. I actually broke a rib that punctured my lung. Nothing too horrible, but it had knocked me out. When I was out, I saw, I guess, a dream. I was standing where I landed, but it was dark, except for a bright light behind me. Out of the shadows in front of me, a figure came up to me. He didn't say anything out loud, but I heard the words, get up. Without a doubt. I didn't know it at the time, but after looking into it, I found a picture of exactly the figure I had seen, called the Hat Man. So I did what it said, and when I took a breath, it felt like in a way I could only explain as a breath of life. Everyone around was a little panicked because they said I looked lifeless for about a minute. Then, without hesitation, I just stood up straight away very abruptly. I would have chalked this all up to a weird dream, but that was not the last time I saw him. The second time, my fiancé at the time was at the end of her pregnancy, and with me working nights, she was staying at her mom's in case she went into labor. After I got home and went to sleep, I saw him again in my kitchen, besides my laptop. He stepped on the power cord and I was woken up on my computer, making loud beeping noises like someone was unplugging and plugging my charger very rapidly. After I'd unplugged it, I checked my phone and at that moment, my fiancé was calling me to let me know she was going into labor and on her way to the hospital. After this, I decided to tell her what had happened after we had settled in with her new child, because of how crazy the whole situation was. That night, I had a nightmare I will never forget. I was outside my home and it was dark except for one streetlight. The hat man came out of the shadows again. He didn't say anything, but I knew he was coming for me. I've never had night terrors or talked in my sleep or anything like that, but my fiancé had woken me up because she said I was screaming like I was absolutely terrified. The next night, I got home from work, and on my way home, I thought I saw a shadow in the alleyway. We lived in a very small rural town, so it was rare to see anyone even during the day, and the house next door was unoccupied, and the building on the other side was a morgue, so I doubt someone was just hanging out back there. There was a sudden gust of wind so strong that it knocked a sign off a small restaurant next door. I was quite scared and haven't talked about him since, nor have I seen him again. I'll never forget about the figure that followed me around, but I also don't bring it up because it makes me feel like a lunatic, and I get nervous and feel like whatever this hat man is, it doesn't like to be talked about. Thank you to our anonymous listener for sending in that spooky story. Our next one partly takes place in a location that is always a hot spot for strange activity and potential hauntings, an old cemetery. This story is from Bree. Hey guys, here's a creepy story for you. When my brother was a senior in high school, he took a film class in which they had to create several different projects, including a documentary-style video. He and his best friend in the class decided to create their documentary in the style of Ghost Hunters. Since the town of Wisconsin that we grew up in is apparently home to one of the most haunted cemeteries in the United States. The main story surrounding this cemetery revolves around a statue of a life-size woman that can be seen crying blood, as well as coming to life to drown herself in the river that surrounds the cemetery. Every Halloween, ghost hunters come to see this phenomenon for themselves, though I have yet to see it even after living there for 21 years. Anyways, my brother and his friends drove through the cemetery on a school night once it became dark outside to try out their own ghost hunting skills. This was back in the mid-2000s before smartphones took over, 
so they had a handheld video camera set up in their car as they drove around through the empty cemetery. After some time passed by with no action, they decided to park the car and wander throughout the gravestones. However, before they could even get out of their car, they heard what sounded like something scurrying across the roof of the vehicle, but they didn't see anything. They both got a little freaked out and decided to head back to my brother's friend's place to see if they caught anything on camera. When they got back to my brother's friend's house and watched the tape, they didn't see anything unusual until the point where they had stopped the car and heard the odd noise. At this point in the tape, though they swear they didn't see anything in person, you can see a black figure running across the camera. Like any normal teens, my brother and his friend were completely freaked out. However, to make matters worse, as soon as this black figure crossed the camera on screen, they heard a loud crash in the basement of the house they were in. For some odd reason, they decided to investigate this. Believe me, I would have been long out of there. Once they got to the basement, there was a book that looked like it had been thrown to the ground, and it was opened on a page titled, Ghost of the Civil War. The only other person in the house during all of this was my brother's friend's little brother, but he had slept through all of this. My brother spent the next week reciting hundreds of Hail Marys and completely freaking out, and luckily he, nor the rest of our family, have experienced anything paranormal since. I've wandered through the cemetery probably a hundred times growing up, and there are plenty of graves devoted to the soldiers of the Civil War. I'm just glad that the drowning lady hasn't been tormenting our family. Thanks for the story, Bree. As someone who has also gone to spooky locations trying to catch something strange or unusual on film and camera when I was younger, I can only imagine how scary and creepy it would be if I'd actually caught something on camera. Our next creepy experience was sent in to us by Bobby. I've talked about a number of listeners who have sent in stories about what can be described as some type of nighttime visitors, or something appearing to them during a state of semi-consciousness. Sometimes this figure is believed to be the hat man, other times shadow people. Bobby, however, believes that his nightly terror was more demonic in nature. Here is his story. Hello, my name is Bobby and just recently started listening to your podcast. The first podcast I listened to was the Shadow People and Sleep Paralysis episode. It was very interesting to hear about some of these stories. The reason I am writing this is because I have had a few experiences in my sleep that I thought you might like to hear about. Let me first say that I am a Christian believer. Almost two and a half years ago, I believed in God, but didn't follow the right path, per se. In the early morning of Easter two years ago, at around 4 a.m., I experienced the scariest thing that I've ever experienced in my entire life. It literally frightened the inside of my body. I woke in a dreamlike state, but was fully aware of my surrounding in my bedroom. I could see the dressers against the wall near the foot of my bed. Then, all of a sudden... I turned my head to the left and saw a tall figure dressed in a black cloak leaning over my bed, and it looked like it was staring right at me. I could see that the figure had shoulders and a head, but other than that, I didn't see a face or arms or legs. When I saw that, I was frightened and turned my head back to the front. I then could feel my body turn towards the left side, but not on my own power. Then finally, I was just trying to say, Lord help me. Those words came out of my mouth without me even thinking. I said that three times, and each time was very difficult to say physically. It felt like I had a restriction on my voice and what I could say. After the third time, I fully woke up and out of the stream state, even though it had felt like I was fully awake. 
It was pitch dark in my room, and I felt like I needed to read the Bible. My Bible was sitting on another dresser on the left side of my bed, and the only light in the room was accessed on the left side, also. My phone, however, was on the right side of my bed with a Bible app. Since I refused to turn to the left side, I read the Bible on my phone. I said a prayer, and then went back to sleep. Between then and now, I've experienced something similar about eight times. Although it seems that the intensity of each one keeps diminishing, there is no doubt in my mind that it was the devil trying to do something to me. Also, I know of another friend who has experienced the dark entities in her dreams also. Anyways, I hope this helps you out in trying to get a sense in what can go on in other people's dream states. Thank you, Bobby, for sharing that story with us. It would seem that many have experienced some type of terror in the middle of the night, awakening to find something dark and menacing looking over them. Whether there is any substance to these beings or if they are a side effect of a type of sleep paralysis has been debated. It would seem, though, that these dark beings appear a bit different depending on the individual who sees them. To one, what may be the hat man may look like a demon or an alien or a ghost to someone else. In any case, to anyone who has ever experienced such a thing, it can at least be agreed upon that it is truly a terrifying ordeal. Our next story is a little different in that it actually has an explanation at the end to resolve the strangeness that was happening. This story was sent in to us by Josh. Hi, I've enjoyed your podcast and I've had my own odd experience I'd like to share with you. This one might not be suitable for a mystery show because we're pretty sure we know what caused it to happen. A few years back, I was staying at my dad's house, which is the top flat in a building about four stories high. This flat overlooks a long row of shops and houses on the seafront. From practically any spot on this coastal town strip, you can see our living room window. We decided to go out to eat late one night at a seafront restaurant. On the way back, we were looking at the living room window and puzzled to see that the light was still on. This was odd as we were both pretty sure I had turned it off. As we continued walking and looking back, a human figure swished in front of the window and the living room light suddenly turned off. We assumed someone was robbing us blind and we rushed back to the flat in a panic. When we got there to the front door, which is the only way in, it was still bolted and locked shut. No one was in the house, nothing was stolen or looked moved. We were absolutely baffled. Was it an electrical fault? Was someone still hiding in the house? Were we just looking at the wrong window? Eventually we walked all the way back down the coast and retraced our steps. When we got far enough away, the living room light seemed to turn back on. When we walked back towards the flat, once again, A figure moved in front of the window, and the light turned off. We checked the flat again, and retraced our steps a few more times. After a while, we figured out that if you pace back and forth at a particular angle, and at a particular distance from the flat, this odd event would repeat itself both forwards and backwards. As far as we could ever figure, it was an optical illusion caused by the light reflecting from street lamps near enough to the living room window. If you came at the flat from another side of the street, the window didn't seem to light up at all. It was and remains an incredibly uncanny effect. It really did look like someone was in the window and turning the lights on and off. Thanks Josh for writing in. As for our last listener story, it doesn't involve the paranormal or haunting, but instead is scary because of how down to earth it is. And this story was sent in to us by Luke. Hello Strange Matters. I have a story that happened to me when I was younger that I still think about and have nightmares about on occasion. It isn't about a ghost or anything, but instead the threat was very human. It scares me to think about the night and how things would have turned out 
if things just went a little different. This happened about 12 years ago when I was a young teen. I lived in a pretty bad area, which was known for some crimes and break-ins, but fortunately my street at least didn't have that many bad things happen. On one night, my parents went out for a date night, which they did every week or two, and left me to babysit my younger brother. They were seeing some event, and so would be out later than usual. They weren't supposed to be back till around 11pm that night, but said we could stay up and watch the movies until they get back. My brother and I were hanging out in our basement, where we often would play and hang out. It had a TV, and we would play video games and stuff. At some point in the night, my brother was watching a movie, and I was sitting in the back of the basement near the stairs reading. All of a sudden, I thought I heard a bang or a crash sound from above. I froze in place, trying to hear more. I immediately thought of something bad, and though the sound was a bit muffled because of the TV, I thought I heard what sounded like footsteps on the floor above, and the sounds of stuff being moved about. I quickly and quietly went over to where my brother sat on the sofa, and turned down the TV some. He was sleepy and didn't make a fuss, but I told him to stay quiet. Sure enough, with the TV muted, it sounded very clear that someone or something was in the house above us. What made this so scary was that we had no phone in the basement, so I couldn't call for help if I wanted to. After what felt like forever, but was probably just 5 or 10 minutes, the sound stopped. I told my bro to stay put, and I crept up the stairs and listened through the basement door. It was completely quiet. I still sat there for about 10 minutes or so before I had the courage to go out. What I saw in the house looked like a burglary. The window to our back door had been smashed in. Some drawers in our living room had been pulled out. I immediately called my dad's cell phone from our house phone, and they came home right away, with my dad calling the police as he drove. What I was told later was that someone had broken into several houses in our neighborhood that night, targeting houses that were both dark on the inside and had no cars in the driveway. As creepy as it was as a kid to hear about a burglar sneaking around in the house while you hide in the basement, it wasn't as bad until a few years later when I heard the whole truth. After bringing that night up again with my parents some while later, I think I was at least 16, my dad mentioned that it was very good that I had stayed in the basement and didn't make any noise to alert the robber. When I asked why, he mentioned that this criminal hit several more houses in our neighborhood, but the last one, there was someone home. At that house, a woman who had lived there had apparently heard something going on and walked in on him. Instead of just running away, this man hit her several times with his flashlight and then threw her against the wall before making his getaway. Fortunately, she wasn't killed, but had to go to the hospital for her injuries. When I asked why I was just hearing this, my dad said he and my mom didn't think that I needed to hear that part, since I was already so scared about what had happened. Looking back, I'm glad they waited a couple years to tell me. I already was scared staying home alone for a while just thinking of a simple robber. To this day, I wonder what would have happened if that criminal heard us in the basement, or if me or my brother happened to walk upstairs at the wrong time. I like to tell myself that he wouldn't have hurt a kid like either one of us, but it's hard to know with a guy who decided to be up an old lady instead also. Thanks for listening to my story. I know it's not as creepy as a ghost story, but it was definitely the scariest thing that has ever happened to me. Thank you, Luke, for sending in your story. Though it must have been a very scary night, it is a good thing that you managed to avoid any interaction with whoever this was that broke into your house. I like this story as a reminder that, low as disturbing and creepy as hauntings and dark mysterious figures can be, there's not much more terrifying or unpredictable as a violent or psychotic human being. 
And that brings us to the end of this episode of Creepy Listener Stories. Once again, I'd like to thank all of our listeners who have sent in their personal tales to share with us. And once again, a reminder that anyone else who is listening who has their own story to tell, please feel free to write into us. Our email again is strangematterspodcast at gmail.com. Also, you can follow us and get in touch with us at our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Finally, we ask if you are listening to us on iTunes, please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. We enjoy hearing your feedback and it also helps promote the podcast so we can always reach new listeners. So until the next episode of the Strange Matters podcast, take care, everybody.